0: Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Emma. Hi, Brittany. So a bit ago, actually, I think it may have been the last episode, Connor and I talked about a guy named Lysander Spooner. And an essay he wrote called Vices Are Not Crimes. And just kind of to refresh, vices are behaviors that people tend to think of as like immoral or bad. So like smoking or doing drugs or, you know, drinking too much alcohol. But, you know, even though I think we can all agree that doing these things are, are pretty bad for you, Lysander Spooner did not think that the government should tell you what you should or shouldn't do with your body. You know, maybe it's one thing to have like your family or friends say, hey, maybe you shouldn't do this, but the government shouldn't tell you that. And, you know, somebody does drugs or or does something like that, it does harm them, right? But as long Mm -hmm. as they're not harming other people, the government shouldn't make things illegal. Not only that, they really cannot make it illegal if you're following the Constitution. So this is going to help us with our topic today, and that is what is the war on drugs? So I'll just kind of define that a little bit. So the war on drugs was this concept that was – it really got heated up in, in the 1970s where the government declared this war on drugs. So they were they were making pretty much everything illegal. And, you know, Connor and I talked about prohibition, and we'll touch on that in a little bit uh, later in the episode. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's kind of what this is. It prohibited all drugs. And, again, I think we can agree that drugs are probably not great for us to do, but banning them <laughs> all has not worked out well, right? It's nice to say we're going to ban something and all our problems are going to go away but that is not what happened. And surprise, Mm -hmm. spoiler alert, that usually doesn't happen when the government bans things. In fact, there was another, what was it? The war on poverty. It was I think Lyndon Lyndon Johnson. And that hasn't really worked either. So it's almost like every time the government declares a war on something, you know, it's not going to work. So there's a, there's a lesson to remember. So let's dive into this a little and then Emma, I'll kick it to you. So the first mm-hmm. drug ban or the one that we can really trace back to in America came in 1909. And instead of just flat out like banning things, at first they started – like like we've talked about like the frog in boiling water where if you mm-hmm. want to, you know, boil a frog, you put it in cold water and then slowly raise the temperature so people don't know what's happening. And what they did with with these substances is um, they did like a lot of taxes on them first. So they started like slowly doing regulations. And again, I'm not going to say that it wasn't what we call like well-intentioned, right? That people didn't Mm – they weren't worried about other people, what they were doing to their bodies, but it's not really their business. So that's where all this came into play about 1909 and then slowly from there it got worse and worse and worse. So Emma, I don't know if you want to comment maybe a little bit about – I know you didn't do this episode with us, but but Mm -hmm. earlier bands, like maybe what prohibition is if you want to give our listeners a little refresher.
1: Yeah, totally. So Prohibition basically was this era where they tried to make alcohol completely illegal and basically banish it from the country. And I think it's such a good example of why these government wars on vices and wars on you know things that could be seen as negative don't really work. Because as soon as Prohibition happened, it it forced the alcohol trade underground and caused all of this crazy... There was this whole industry of bootleggers who would like you know, drive this moonshine all around the country. And it's really interesting. I actually have some people way back, far back in my family that did that for a living. So kind of crazy. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of fun though. (laughs) It is. The funny thing is my husband and I both have that like a few generations back. So we always joke that our kids are going to be like, very anti-government. But anyway, um, so Prohibition did not work because it forced this trade completely underground and it became this huge crime ridden, basically underbelly. And a lot more people got hurt through that than they would have been if it was kind of out in the open. And then when Prohibition came to an end, there was this huge police state that had been set up and there were all of these, you know, government programs to combat alcohol And from what I understand, I I haven't done a ton of reading on this, but I, I do know a little bit from what I understand, the government basically said, well, now we have all of these huge programs and all of these people whose job it is to to enforce these these alcohol laws. We need something else now to crack down on. And that's, again, from my understanding, where sort of the war against marijuana came from is they started you know there were there were a lot of hispanic communities that that had marijuana as sort of like a medicinal thing that they would do it wasn't illegal at the time and then they started making these crazy you know propaganda movies about how it was causing people to go crazy and lose their minds and there was this really famous one i think it was called reefer madness and yes, it was yes. <laughs> it was like this crazy thing where all of a sudden it was like marijuana became this huge boogeyman and it wasn't even something a lot of people were were really using at the time and i i have to think that that may have even contributed to more people finding out what it was and like hmm. seeking it out but yeah. i don't know that's that's kind of an interesting thing to me how prohibition ending kind of started some of the first drug wars ever
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And you bring up with with Reefer Madness and that whole era, you know, a lot of it was also racially motivated. They tried to say people in minorities that they were going to you know, harm your kids by giving them drugs and and all this stuff, and so there's a lot of of racism tied in with it as well. And even you know, we'll we'll go into incarceration rates and stuff in a little bit. But no, I think mm-hmm. you make some great points. So I think it's actually really funny to look at when it started heating up, which is in the 1970s. And at that time, uh, President Nixon, Richard Nixon, was the president. And Nixon hated hippies. So this is going to play kind of a big role in this. (laughs) He did not like hippies. And so I kind of always connect this with like the anti-war movement. Uh, You and I talked about Vietnam and and how that really kind of – I think we talked about the anti-war movement too, about how that really started to rise during Vietnam, which is right before and and during this time or right before this time. So Nixon was sick of the hippies. He was sick of the anti-war movement. Like this was not his thing. And so to me, it's not a coincidence that, that they started banning because hippies mm-hmm. were associated with using cannabis and that cannabis made them a little bit more open to questioning authority and question what was going on. And so uh, President Nixon did not like this. So that's when he started declaring, you know, war on drugs. We're going to say, you know, no more of this. And then President Reagan comes along in the 80s and he kind of perpetuates this to the next level. He, uh, the kind of mm-hmm. say up the ante is an expression we use. So he made it even worse and then uh, punishments for him got worse. Something called mandatory minimums were put in place, which are really scary. That basically says if you get caught with drugs, certain drugs, uh, a judge has to sentence you to prison for a certain amount of time. So even if mm-hmm. a judge is like, all right, like I don't think this is a big deal, their hands were tied. They had to send you to prison for, for a certain amount of time, which is ruined. A lot of people's lives. This is also when DARE drug, it's called what is it, drug awareness resistance education? Oh, this remember.
1: was a trivia question at a at a restaurant I was at two nights ago. So I just really? it, drug abuse resistance education. And I didn't well, get it right at trivia. But now Wait, I know. really?
0: <laughs> if you have anything <laughs> yeah. you wanna, I'll throw it to you in a second if you want to add stuff. I just wanted to say it's funny to me, because you brought up that Reefer Madness may have told, like made people more interested in drugs, and and Dare has uh-huh. kind of done the same thing where areas where they have DARE. And this is a program where Police go into your public school and they tell you how scary drugs are. But in California, it was worse than that. They actually told you how bad guns are. So they've kind of used it to oh. to give whatever propaganda, you know, they want to use. Um, so that's always funny to me. But in the areas where they have these, there's actually higher drug use. So it's very, it's just very interesting to me um, how, how they uh, – actually, here's a fun little story. When I was in D.A.R.E. in eighth grade, because they did it in fifth grade, then again in eighth grade. Uh, Charlie's Angels had just come out like this movie and there's like a pose where they pose with guns. And I had a picture of me posing like a Charlie's Angel on my, my folder because we used to put pictures on our folder. That's what old people used to do. So oh, yes. <laughs> I got in trouble by the D.A.R.E. officer because he said, that's like a gun thing. You must be in like a gang. And like my mom had to get oh called. Gosh. And my mom was like, what? She's like this like innocent 13-year-old. It was so ridiculous. So D.A.R.E. D.A.R.E. does a lot more harm than good. And it also – I don't know if you have anything you want to add on D.A.R.E. Because I know you – you just talked about it.
1: Yeah. Well, it was, it was such a thing when I was like kind of elementary school age, I think it had kind of started to fizzle out by the time I got to high school, thankfully. Um, but yeah, it was, they would come to school and hand out these stickers and people would like take these vows to not do drugs ever as kids, which was super strange to me that like you have the police come into a school and then you have kids signing like these lifelong vows, like not like there's anything wrong with having a personal conviction to never do drugs. Like that's Absolutely. awesome. That's yeah, good that's for awesome. you. But when you have the state coming in and basically like kind of trying to scare kids into doing that and it's just supposed to be like a normal day in school for them, I find that super, super weird. And I'm, I don't know if they still do that or if they dare do. Cause so I got effective. in a fight
0: with a, a dare fundraiser who stopped me on my way to Starbucks. <laughs> so I was like, give us Amazing. money and I'm like actually no I probably should have been nicer but <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's weird though I find it really strange and I'm glad it's kind of people are starting to realize how weird that was but it's I think it was kind of the beginning of not the beginning but a huge cultural thing of like pushing kids into statism and like yes. kind of just doing whatever the government wants from a really young age which is super concerning to me
0: Absolutely. So now I want to talk about a couple of the consequences of this. Well, one, as we learned with alcohol prohibition, it didn't work, right? And now mm-hmm. we're seeing a lot of new cannabis laws coming to light where people are st- like it's being made legal. And a lot of this because we're finding out a lot of this stuff has medical purposes. So, like, it, it can serve as mm-hmm. medicine if it's used correctly. So, that's been good. But some things that I am really bothered with that I think are the worst things to come out of this are. So many people were – excuse me, turned into criminals. So our prison system grew. Like we have so many people in our prisons now who are in there for what we call nonviolent drug offenses, meaning they didn't hurt anybody. So there was no victim like Lysander Spooner talks about. They were only Mm -hmm. harming, you know, themselves. It could be argued, or maybe they weren't even doing that, um, and so now we have all these people who have criminal records. And once you go into prison, it becomes very hard to come out because you can't get a job, and you can't, you know, mm-hmm. you can't find somewhere to live. So that's a problem. One of the biggest things, and this is something I'm very passionate about, is it stopped. It actually made it illegal in a lot of places to teach people what we call harm reduction. And that is, mm-hmm. like, we know people aren't perfect, right? And and no matter what laws are in place, just like we learned with prohibition and alcohol, there are going to be people who use substances that are very harmful for them. So harm reduction, a lot of uh, – there's, like, organizations that talk people, like, all oh, right, we don't love that you're using these drugs, but if you're going to use them, we're going to teach you how to use them as safely as possible. Obviously, there's no mm-hmm. guarantee that, that you know, something bad won't happen. Absolutely. But they were teaching people how to do it as safely as possible to reduce deaths. And with the opioid crisis we have now, a lot of um, there's organizations right now because a lot of the stuff is is laced, meaning it's mixed with other drugs, and people don't know they're mm-hmm. doing it. And we have a lot of overdoses and deaths. So you know, with harm reduction, people uh, help test drugs and and make sure that if people are going to make that bad decision to do drugs, at least they're going to be as safe as possible. But there's been laws. In fact, President Biden before he was a president past mm-hmm. laws making it harder to to teach people how to do these things more safely. So there's been so many terrible things um, that that have happened because of this war on drugs that I think is, is just disastrous. And I think it's a perfect example yeah. of what happens when the government tries to ban things. It just doesn't work. It never works. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: don't know if you have it's anything so to true. add. Oh, yeah. Please. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just like one – example out of a million that we've seen where, you know, maybe the intentions are good. Like you said, Brittany, it's it's not such a good thing to do drugs. Um, it's And I hope no one listening thinks that either of us is promoting any sort of drug use as a good thing or as not a big deal. Um, but what's what's interesting is there are so many things out there that the government has tried to ban and tried to make illegal. And because, you know, we know that the government is not effective at enforcing those things. And it, and it almost always causes more harm than good. Um, just because you you support the government not, not making these things illegal or not spending a bunch of money on fighting them doesn't mean that you think using drugs is a good thing. So I think that's kind of a, a good thing to include here sort of as a caveat. But yeah, definitely, I think it's a really huge example of, of how government action on this stuff can totally backfire and end up harming a lot of people.
0: No, I think you're absolutely right. And I think, again, I want to emphasize, I know you just said it and I've said it, is we're Mm -hmm. not saying drugs are great, go do them. Absolutely not. There's terrible consequences and and your life can be very much, uh, you know, uh, it can be ruined. But also, you know, we're learning a lot of things about cannabis, having medical purposes and even yeah. for things like mental health. So, so definitely not yeah. supporting drug use, but the government should <laughs> not be banning things. Let's remember
1: that. Exactly. Yes. And to kind of like bring it back home too, like Lysander Spooner said, something can be a vice. It can be something that you consider immoral. That doesn't necessarily mean that we need the state to go in and, and enforce that for people. So we'll wrap it up there today, guys. Thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you all again soon.